Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. Of course, my name is Max McGuire. Welcome. 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 On screen, you can see the Fonz. Depiction of the Fonz jumping the shark because that's what Democrats decided to do yesterday. They decided to hold an abortion hearing in the House Judiciary Committee, claiming that there was an emergency related to abortion access in this country. I seem to have missed that bit. Seems like abortion access is at an all-time high, but they claimed it's an emergency, not the formula, not baby formula, not the thousands and thousands of people streaming across the border every day. No abortion access. So they jumped the shark. And for everyone who doesn't know, jumping the shark, make sure I get this right. It was in the fifth season of Happy Days when in order to drum up interest in the show, they had the Fonz, Fonzie, Henry Winkler, jump over a shark that was captured in this little net. So he jumped over it on water skis and that was the whole thing. And it was a big deal. Everyone's like, oh, Fonzie's going to jump over a shark. And it was designed to get people interested in the show again. But today, the term jumping the shark describes a similar attempt to get people's attention. But it really describes how organizations, how people will go absurd, will go to crazy lengths to stay relevant. And it usually happens in their decline. When people jump the shark, it means they are declining. They are losing credibility, losing power, and they are desperately trying to do something to get people's attention to cling to that relevancy. So that's why the Fonz is on the screen jumping the shark. That's what happened yesterday in the Democrats hearing in the House Judiciary Committee. So we're going to play some of the clips because absolutely crazy. We had Democrats for the first time since Roe versus Wade, since the leak came out declare once again that men can have babies. I should have had the pregnant man emoji ready to go. Um, you remember, it, it was a whole thing that men could have babies. Then the leak came out and it became, no, men can't have babies. This is a woman's issue. You can't talk about this unless you are a woman. Well, now we are back. Sorry, Fonz, you're going to have to give way to the pregnant man emoji. We are now back to the left saying that no, men can actually have Babies now and men can have abortion. So kind of went full circle, which is something I've been asking on all my social channels, which if you haven't already, I am on Truth Social now. Um, <laughs> sorry, complicated business. Took me so long. I don't have an iPhone. So they finally opened it up to web browser. So you can follow me there at, at Max McGuire. But I've been asking the question there, asking the question on my Telegram. How is it that men can't talk about women's issues? when it comes to abortion, but men can compete in women's sports. Why do you need a uterus to talk about abortion, but you don't need a uterus to compete in, in high school women's track or high school or college women's, collegiate women's uh, swimming? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, now they're back to it. So now women, men can get pregnant. Men can now, I guess, talk about women's issues. And I'm going to play that clip in a little bit because it really is bonkers. It's crazy jumping the shark. Make sure you hit that rumble button if you haven't already. Hit the share button, comment, 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 and let's get into this. So we're going to give people a little time to come over here. So we're going to get to the men getting pregnant in just a couple minutes, but I want to play a couple other really crazy clips 
from this hearing. This is one where the abortionist who was there, because there were two abortionists there giving their testimony, was asked when was their, was their last abortion? And it, the, the last, their latest term abortion. And it kind of just unrailed from there, derailed from there. Let's go ahead and play this. This is cut one. Question, when is the latest that you have performed an abortion in terms of weeks uh, of the uh, unborn child? Yes, my name is Dr. Robinson and I provide abortion care in Alabama. So Alabama has- What is the answer to the question, the latest that you have performed an abortion? I'm going to answer your question. So unfortunately, it's a number, state- weeks. So this is what Democrat witnesses always love to do. She had her opening statement to explain who she was. That's when that kind of topic is supposed to be discussed. She's filibustering the question here. Democrats are very good at this, not actually answering the questions and instead just trying to use up the Republican congressman's time. Let's keep going is one of those states that has passed um, restrictions or bans on abortion care, which limits physicians like myself. And therefore, in other words, you'd like to do it later. What is the latest you have performed an abortion? So since I will always follow the law and I live in the state of Alabama, I provide abortion care up until 20 weeks gestational age. Okay, so you performed an abortion at 20 weeks. Yes, sir. Uh, The procedure for an abortion when we're talking about at 20 weeks. Going to just jump in here. It gets even worse in a second, but just so everyone can understand, There are adults walking around in our society who were born premature at 20 weeks, a few days gestation, right? It's not exactly 20 weeks, but there are, there are babies that were born premature at 20 weeks and like three, four days gestation. And they not only survived, but they've grown now into adulthood. Like my age, they were born in the 1990s. That's where the technology is at, which is why it's so egregious that Roe versus Wade sets viability at 26, 27, 28 weeks, when it's very clear, even in the 1990s, a baby could be born at 21 weeks gestation or a couple days earlier than that and still survive. Keep playing this clip. As I understand it, is dilation and extraction. Have, have you um, performed abortions at that stage? And in, in doing so, have you uh, had baby parts that you've had to... Uh, discard or store in some capacity. So dilation and extraction, that is a complicated term for a dismemberment abortion. When you're at, when the baby is this far along, don't want to get gruesome, don't want to make people throw up the lunch they just ate. But when a baby is that big, you cannot remove the baby from the womb in one piece. So these dilation and extraction, it's a dismemberment where they they quite literally rip the baby apart limb from limb inside of the womb and remove each body part separately, which is disgusting because at this point in the baby's development, the baby can feel pain. If the baby was to need in utero surgery, doctors would administer anesthesia and, and because they do not want the baby to feel pain, you cannot operate on a baby at this stage without that baby feeling pain. So if it is unethical, to operate at a baby 21, 20 weeks old without anesthesia. How is it possibly ethical to rip the baby apart limb from limb? But this doctor, this abortionist, this, this ghoul, takes issue with his use of the term baby parts. Let's see how it goes. One of the things that you all have done Legs, throughout, arms, this, throughout this hearing is just use inflammatory language. The inflammatory, no, it's a, no, it's a question. Ma'am, ma'am, it's a simple question. Have you had... Human parts, baby parts, 
arms, legs, as a result of an abortion performed at the time you just acknowledged you performed abortions. I am abortions a physician and weeks. a proud abortion provider. There is okay. nothing that you can say yeah, yes that or makes, no. makes it difficult have, for me to talk about the care that I provide. Right. To so have patients. there been baby parts, yes or no? And yet at the same time, she's saying there's nothing you can say that can make it difficult or me uncomfortable to say this, but she's not answering the question because she doesn't actually want to get into the nitty gritty of what a dilation and extraction abortion actually is, which as I just said, dismemberment taking the baby apart limb from limb. She doesn't want to talk about what happens to those body parts when she's done ripping them apart. I cannot imagine. I mean, obviously they exist, but for this woman to stand there and no, she knows full well what these procedures are, to say she's proud of it. I'm sorry. This is, uh, this is a level of evil that has previously remained hidden. The Democrats have been afraid of showing to the country. Let's keep going. If you would like for me to talk and to where you have about it, where and how, how have they been stored? Abortion for patients who need so the answer to the question is fairly obvious. Age, I'm happy that there are baby parts, and you don't want to talk about how they're being stored. You don't want to talk about putting them in freezers. You don't want to put them in, talk about putting them in Pyrex dishes. You want to talk about the videos that we have from Planned Parenthood Coast, uh, uh, Gulf Coast in Houston, Texas. You don't want to talk about the reality of what actually happened. has expired. If you don't mind me answering. All of those things that you just mentioned, I have never seen that in a healthcare setting ever. We don't put baby parts in freezers or Pyrex dishes. So where do you put them? Why couldn't she just answer the question? Right? I mean, uh, this is getting me worked up. Anyway, let, let's keep going. Let's keep going because we have lots of other clips we want to play. It gets worse, people. It gets worse and worse and worse. So the next question that these two abortionists are asked is, when is it okay? When is it not okay to abort a child? Because they're all there saying they want to get rid of restrictions on abortion access, which suggests, and many of them are are willing to admit this, that they want to legalize abortion up until the minute of birth, regardless of whether or not the baby can survive outside the womb with or without medical assistance. So they're asked this question. They're asked this question. When is it not okay to abort a child? Here's their answer. Ma'am, you testified that you are, quote, unapologetic in seeking unrestricted abortion access. So I'm wondering, at what point is it not okay to abort a child? What, what age of gestation? Uh, Got to take off the mask. I trust all people to determine what they can and can't do with their bodies. Full stop. So you, you support oh my late-term abortion? I support the right of all people to decide whether or not to murder their children. Full stop. I mean, they're taking these bumper stickers, these bumper stickers, and they're applying them to a situation that's life and death. I'm sorry, the discussion and debate over whether it should be legal to kill babies inside the womb should not be left to bumper sticker slogans. Full stop. Women should be able to kill babies. Full stop. I support all people and trust That means late-term abortion. Do you support partial birth abortion? In other words, the child is half delivered, and then the woman says, my right, I want to take that one out. You support that? I trust people to make decisions about wow. their body. Wow. Okay. So we do not trust people. The, the reason that laws exist, the reason that man left the state of anarchy, you read Hobbes, you read Locke, man would be... Plenty happy. Just, I mean, I would be plenty happy just living in a log cabin. Actually, I wouldn't. I, I like modern amenities. But the idea is that mankind 
did not always form these governments, form associations. At one point, it was an every man for himself kind of system, every woman for herself kind of system. And that man decides to build these associations, build these governments to make sure that there's just not chaos, right? Because in that kind of society, you have almost a Hammurabian eye for an eye system of justice where someone steals from you, so you go and murder them. That's not sustainable. So governments are put into place specifically because man can't really be trusted to just live in a pure state of anarchy, pure state of nature. So for her to say that, oh, I trust women to do what they want with their bodies, there are federal prisons, state prisons are lined with women who could not be trusted. I mean, watch the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. I know people don't like it and I interested. I am fascinated by it because it's finally for the first time one of these fake likely fake, lying me-tooers, Amber Heard, getting what's due, right? Lying about abuse to further herself, now getting called out on it, and her lies are falling apart. So it's not believe-all-women situation. I mean, that Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial proves it. You shouldn't believe all women because some women are just bonkers and just crazy, just making this, this stuff up to hurt people. But no, Amy, what's her name? Amy Arapia? No, I trust women. Keep playing. What, what about, um, so, so abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body, and then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical p practitioners okay. and not is, if it is, Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay, that is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then, what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old, or nine months old, or one week old, or an hour old, than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine oh what to God. do with their own bodies. Wow. Oh my God. Full stop. Oh. Wow. Stop indeed. And that describes right there exactly what this is about. There's a legal issue here, but un underneath that is a moral issue. It's about reality. Wow. It's about science, the advancement of medical technology. You're talking about unborn children. And your, your full stop is that you will support the termination of that child at any time. And that is frightening. And that is why this decision should be turned to the popular will of the people and hopefully they'll protect the sanctity of every single human life and live up to the standards of our Declaration of Independence. I yield back. The, the snottiness of her statement. I mean, th this is a woman who has obviously thought about this before, obviously thought about what she would say when people ask these questions. She's asked, why is it unacceptable to kill a one-hour-old baby, but it is acceptable in her mind to kill a baby one hour before delivery. And she says, I trust women to do what they want with their bodies, full stop. Noticeably absent is any care for the 50% of babies who are women. I don't think she really cares about those women's bodies, but that's neither here nor there. This next question, is, it gets, he, they're digging in deeper, 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 trying to pick apart the, insane logic behind these radical abortion proponents. And these are radicals. These are not people who say that abortion should remain legal up until a certain number of weeks. We know people like that. 
No, these are these are abortion abortionists, abortion activists who not only want abortion up until the moment of birth, but some of them even want protections for abortions that could happen after birth. And there's a really disgusting bill that's actually being debated in California in, I believe, the Appropriations Committee today, which means if they pass it there, which they likely will, it'll go to the California Assembly for a final vote. It's disgusting. It is AB2223. It would it would provide blanket liability and civil and criminal liability protection to women who kill babies after birth, up until a month after birth. And they edited it. They amended it to clarify that the baby would have to die from a pregnancy-related outcome. But since that could be something as simple as postpartum depression, whether real or not, this is a loophole big enough to drive a truck through legalizing post-birth abortions. They wouldn't be able to be prosecuted. The coroner would not be allowed to investigate the death, liability, criminal, civil liability shield. So we are running. I'm working with an organization to try and stop this bill from passing. There is a link in the description to a petition. Please sign the petition. It's of utmost urgency. They are having a hearing on it today. It'll go to the full assembly next. The website for this is abortiontofar.com. Abortion to T-O-O. Far.com. Head over there, sign the petition. So the next question that they asked these insane abortionists was, what makes a human a human? And their answer is pretty disgusting. You're not going to answer this question, but how about this one? How does one qualify as fully human? What makes a human being? What makes a person a human being is them being born, number one. That's why we have birthdays. So that's not true. That is not true. It is not true that a human being has to be born. And I actually did pull this up. This is the Unborn Victims of Violence Act. Unborn Victim Victims of Violence Act. I'm going to look up on my top monitor so I can read it. It clarifies that when a child is killed in utero, that the child in utero is, quote, a member of the species Homo sapiens at any stage of development if they're carried in the womb who is carried in the womb, end quote. So this narrative that you have to be born to be a human being is just not true. Babies are humans. They are not some other species. They are a member of the species Homo sapien. They are human beings. You can say they are not legal persons yet. That's an argument that abortionists and abortion supporters love to make, that they do not deserve legal personhood. And they have an argument behind that because when you look at things like the, uh, what's it, the 13th or 14th Amendment actually talk about the rights of, of, of citizens who are born. So they have an argument. It's ridiculous because it's still a human being. And even so, Americans have the right to protect unborn life. And I, I cannot wait. And my fingers are still crossed that the Supreme Court will release their decision overturning Roe versus Wade shortly. They're just wrong, as a matter of fact. Federal law states that unborn children are human beings. In her words, full stop. It's just, it just gets so aggravating because they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. They are jumping the shark. And this is the worst moment of all. This is the moment that has the title of this episode. Asking what is a human? Well, what is a woman? What is a man? Can men get pregnant? Can men have abortions? Something that we're all wondering about, as you can see from the pregnant man emoji. The answer from this so-called witness, 
expert is yes, men can have abortions. Here's the clip. Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Uh, okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Oh, so a woman is any, I mean, I can be a woman, I guess you could be a woman. Any man watches can be a woman, which again, undercuts the whole leftist narrative that you can't talk about abortion unless you're a woman that goes out the window here. That goes completely out the window here. But then it said, can men get pregnant? And her answer is yes. She didn't say it, but we know she's thinking full stop. So men can get pregnant. Congratulations. We have a new men's right. <laughs> Congratulations. We have reached the new stage of feminism. That was a fourth stage feminism where women are now men and men are now women. There is no women's rights. There is no the advancement of females. It is just men can have babies too. So Burgess Owens, congressman from Utah, laid into these so-called experts talking about the effect that abortion has had on the African-American population in this country. Wanted to play it because it is a good juxtaposition against what the Democrats said shortly after, that abortion is necessary to fight against white supremacy, which is a crazy comment. Let's, uh, let's listen to Burgess Owens. Industry, I've watched it happen. We've lost over 20 million black babies over the last 40 years. That's 40% of my race exterminated before given a chance to bless our nation with their innate talents. Based on her conclusion, their demise is a good thing for our labor force participation rate. Secretary Yellen has obviously concluded that these 20 million black lives would have been an economic drain on our society. A 2017 report by the Life Issues Institute found out that 88% of Planned Parenthood mega centers target women of color, with 80% specifically targeting black communities and 56% targeting Hispanic and Latino communities. For those who love the concept of equity and everything under the sun, including test score outcomes, when it comes to the death of un unborn, the abortion equity seems to be pretty racist to me. Abortion is not health care. Health care doesn't result in the intentional death of over 60 million human beings. It undermines the dignity and worth of every individual and their God-given right to life. <clears throat> If a woman feels that abortion is her only and best option, I believe that woman has been, has, has been failed by her family, her partner, her community, and her health care providers. I'm the father of six children and 16 grandchildren. My pride comes from the joy of watching them grow and start families of their own, even if their circumstances are imperfect, or as Ms. Yellen would have us believe, an economic burden. I have two of my beautiful, loving, talented children born after my NFL career, after I lost everything due to a failed business, business and after a brief job stint as a chimney sweep and a security guard. Thank goodness I was raised by a generation of proud black Americans who taught me that America, our financial status does not define us. It can be temporary. Our children and family re uh, relationships, on the other hand, are, are not only eternal, but an invaluable treasure during our brief time on this earth. They are the only legacy at the end of our lives that really matter. Our children are the most precious gifts and blessings from a loving God. The fight to defend life has never been more important. The fight to defend the founding ideals of our nation, that all people are created equal, that they are endowed by our, their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness has never been more important. 
I asked for, you know. So I want to play that in its entirety because it's an excellent speech at the hearing, at a hearing filled with craziness. It is an excellent speech, but also because, as I said, it juxtaposed well <laughs> against what I'm going to play next, which is the claim that anyone who is pro-life, anyone who advocates restrictions, limitations on abortion is actually uh, espousing racist thoughts and is a white supremacist. Kid you not. Let's play this. Cut eight. Systemic barriers, racism, and white supremacy are at the root of both our maternal health crisis and our abortion access crisis. It is undeniable that without access to abortion, maternal mortality rates will continue to rise. I cannot emphasize enough that abortion is essential health care. So if abortion isn't if you don't have abortion up until the moment of birth, no questions asked, no restrictions, that's racism. That's white supremacy. Well, no, actually, racism is Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. I want to read some of the quotes that have been attributed to her. I want to read these quotes. She said, quote, in uh, 1922, a long time ago, we are paying for and even submitting to the dictates of an ever-increasing, unceasing, spawning class of human beings who should who never should have been born at all. That was Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. She believes that abortion is necessary because there's a class of human beings who never should have been born at all. I wonder what class she's talking about. Spoiler alert, she hates black people. From 1919, said, Before eugenists and others who are laboring for racial betterment can succeed... They must first clear the way for birth control, like the advocates of birth control, the eugenists, for instance, are seeking to assist the race towards the elimination of the unfit. Both are seeking a single end, but they lend, they lay emphasis upon different methods. This is Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood, see, is seeking to assist the race towards the elimination of the unfit, end quote. 1932, from A Plan for Peace, the government should, quote, give certain dysgenic groups in our population their, cho their choice of segregation or sterilization. Unbelievable. And from the eugenic value of birth control propaganda, quote, today eugenics is suggested by the most diverse minds as the most adequate and thorough avenue in the solution of racial, political, and social problems. She described children, black children, as garden weeds and human beings who never should have been born at all. Want to keep going? Should we keep going? Let's keep going. In a 1938 speech, he said, there, quote, there are 1,700 special courts and 27 higher courts in Germany to review the cases certified for sterilization there. The rights of the individual could be equally well safeguarded here. Just so we're clear, she is talking about Joseph Mengele. She's talking about the Nazis how they would sterilize the mentally ill, how they would sterilize black people. I mean, racial purity. She is giving a speech in the United States advocating for Nazi eugenics to come here because she thinks that African-Americans are human beings who should, never should have been born at all. It's disgusting. You can find all of these quotes online. But to hear, to hear Democrats today say that it's white supremacists who want to restrict and limit the murder of unborn children when the very person who founded the country's long, largest abortion 
uh, chain. Let's call it a franchise, a chain, because it's all money for them. The person who founded all these was quite literally a white supremacist, quite literally advocating the destruction of the black race. Sorry, you can't get around it. It's just complete insanity. But that is what passes for a Democrat these days. Lies, 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 lies. Here's Eric Swalwell saying that deciding on an abortion is like deciding on what kind of job you want to take. You know, we are talking about a decision that is so personal and one that families and individuals with their families and their friends make oftentimes at the kitchen table. It's one of those few decisions in your life that will require you to consult with your friends and your family. It's like deciding what career you're going to pursue, whether you want to have a family, who you're going to marry. Wow. Um, so the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest problems in debating and fighting over abortion is we have allowed Democrats to say that this is a personal decision, that the decision of whether or not to murder a child should be left up to the murderer and no one else. Here you have Swalwell saying, actually, it's a kitchen table topic. So now we're taking a vote from the husband and the children. Ask your friends. So now the friends get to decide. So it's not that personal of a decision because it's just friends. But he says it absolutely cannot be society as a whole. Society cannot decide that it is untenable, unbearable for people to murder their children. He says that's off limits. They get to decide. Them, their doctors, their kitchen table people, and their friends, and their family. And maybe Miss Cleo if they call late at night on one of those infomercials. <laughs> Just can't be society. Can't be legislatures. We cannot legislate on this. We have to just allow them to decide whether or not to kill people. This next clip is from Representative Lucy McBath, who again jumped the shark. Not as bad as claiming that men can become pregnant, but she jumped the shark by claiming that she had previously had a miscarriage and wondered whether she would be thrown in prison for having a miscarriage, something that no Republicans, no pro-life advocates have ever called for. But she's building up this straw man argument because it's a lot easier to tear down that false argument than to defend the murder of children. Let's watch this. This is Lucy McBath. Like so many women in America for years, I struggled to get pregnant. My husband and I, we tried everything that we could do to start a family of our own. And finally, we were successful. I had never been so happy. And I prayed for this moment for so many years. I wanted to tell everyone. I just wanted to shout it from all of the mountaintops. For weeks, I began to dream about our life and our future together. And then one day, I woke up covered in blood. And it's hard to describe the agony of a miscarriage. It's heartbreak. It's helplessness. It's pain. And it's profound sadness. Millions of women suffer from them, and I've heard from many who felt guilty like I did, who felt as though that we weren't worthy of having a child. Those are the same feelings that crept through my mind, and every time I've had these difficult discussions with other women, 
I remind them that they are strong and that they are powerful beyond measure and that their worth is far more than their ability to procreate. However, it seems those in support of this ruling disagree. Yeah, so it's not true. She realizes it's a five-minute clip. I'm not going to play the whole five-minute clip. She says she wonders if she would have been thrown in prison for having a miscarriage. Miscarriages are heartbreaking. I know people who have been trying to get pregnant and they suffer from miscarriages, and it just it breaks everyone's heart. Every, it breaks my heart, breaks their heart. It's terrible. In truth, between one in five and one in four pregnancies do end in miscarriage. Many of them, most of them, before a woman even knows she's pregnant. But yes, there are many that happen after she realizes that she's pregnant and it's heartbreaking, but it, it happens naturally. There's a big difference between an accidental an accidental termination and a miscarriage and the deliberate dismemberment of a child in utero because they just don't want them to exist. There's a very big difference there. Very big difference. And to see Democrats muddying the waters trying to claim that if abortion is restricted, it will throw people in jail for miscarriages is ridiculous. It is asinine. It is ludicrous. But that is the argument they're making because, as I mentioned on a past podcast, they have not been able to build a big enough coalition behind their pro-death agenda. So now they need to start making things up to bring more people into their sick tent. So this is what happened yesterday. This was a, a, a completely disgusting um, hearing it all pretty much went like this. So I don't want to play a whole lot more, but big takeaways, men can have abortions now. Anyone can be a woman. <laughs> um, they support the death of children at any point for any reason. Full stop. In in the words of Amy Arambide, I, I mispronounced her name, Arambide. Don't want to mispronounce that. Don't want to mispronounce the merchants of death. That would be terrible. Um, terrible. Disgusting. Disgusting. And I hope, I hope and pray, the reason I play this, the reason I focus on this is because more people need to see this. This was on C-SPAN 3. The, uh, most Americans are going to go about their day never knowing that this was said because it was on C-SPAN 3. And frankly, people have better things to do than watch C-SPAN 3 in the middle of a workday. But it's up to all of us to make sure they can see just how crazy the left has gotten. Just how crazy these abortionists have gotten. But also remember that they've always been this way. They've just had the sense, had the political sense to know you shouldn't talk about it this way. You shouldn't come out and say this. That's all out the window because they're about to lose everything. They're about to lose their livelihoods, the ability to murder children in the womb. So yes, they are revealing everything. They're revealing themselves for who they really are. So you need to share this. Share this podcast with like-minded people, even with people on the fence, so they can see just how crazy the pro-abortion, pro-death side has Gotten. Before we end, I want to play a couple bits from the new press secretary, Kareem Jean-Pierre. She is not doing well at all. Um, she's doing really poorly. Here's a question yesterday about gas prices that she just can't answer. And final question on gas prices. Americans are now spending $5,000 a year on gasoline. That's almost double what they did a year ago. Where are people supposed to go to get all that extra cash? To get the extra cash to pay for gas? Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've been very clear about is to do everything in our power uh, to make sure uh, that we lower costs. Uh, you know, it is important. We see it. The president understands what the American people is, are, is going through. Uh, 
what the American people is going through. Um, so she won't answer it. Won't answer because there is no answer. They're paying five, average American paying $5,000 in gas this year. I can tell you, I have a Jeep. It's a gas guzzler. I don't drive it unless I need to. Uh, I drive my wife's car because it gets more gas, a better gas mileage. Um, so there's a lot of people who can't, can't do that. They have no choice but to drive SUVs, trucks, and they drive a lot for a living, and it, it's it's hurting. This is painful. I mean, even here now in Texas, it's over $4 a gallon. Ninth straight day of record highs. Ninth straight day of record highs. They have no answer. They have no answer. Just we feel your pain. No, they don't feel their pain. And then this last one, I want to play it. <laughs> this made me laugh yesterday. The Ministry of Truth, the Disinformation Governance Board at the Department of Homeland Security, has been shut down. They didn't even last as long as CNN Plus, less than three weeks. But this was a question that was asked to Corrine Jean-Pierre, um, asking for clarification that, that the disinformation board was disbanded because of disinformation. That's what they're claiming, because people branded it as the Ministry of Truth, as a 1984 kind of thing that forced them to disband. The way Ducey puts it is excellent. Let's watch this clip. In that period, but the departments work across several administrations uh, to address disinformation that threatens uh, the security for our, our country is critical and will continue. So that work is going to continue. So, so if it's pausing because you think the board was mischaracterized, then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening here? Look, I mean, the, the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did, a, did a, nothing. Uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation it's all it's, right now, but, no, it's, it's just Twitter. going it's it's going to pause there's been a mischaracterizations from outside uh, outside forces and so now what we're going to do is going to we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment but the work does the work doesn't stop we're yeah no they're still going to violate your rights the work continues but the misinformation has forced the ministry of truth to end i guess it wasn't all that powerful as they suggested it would be Almost done for this episode. Want to play one thing? I haven't gotten a chance to play anything from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I know people, lots of people don't like it. Lots of people are fascinated, as I am. Um, not just because it's celebrity gossip, but because it really, it really does set the stage between the fake Me Tooers and the truth. And this is the first real high-profile case where someone has claimed Me Too from a couple years and is now being called out for the lies. Um, I want to play this clip. This was from, I believe, yesterday or maybe the day before. Amber Heard's lawyer is desperately trying to get an answer from a witness. And Johnny Depp's attorney is just filing objection after objection. So many, so often. And and the judge was sustaining almost all of them. I think out of 36 objections, she succeeded in 32 of them. In Just in this little instance, Really crazy, but I want to play it because it is very funny, very, very comical. Let's play cut 11. Maybe objection, Your Honor. Lack of foundation. Okay. All right, I'll sustain the objection. Next question. Oh, objection, leading. Sustained. Objection, Your Honor. Hearsay. I'll sustain the objection. Objection, Your Honor. Leading. I'm entitled to go into what Ms. Vasquez asked. The objection is leading. I'll sustain the objection. Okay. I'll sustain the objection as to hearsay. Okay. I'm... Uh, she can't get it out. <laughs> what, if any, you were asked if you had, it, it was suggested that you had not produced this in discovery. Is that true or Objection, false? your honor, leading. Your honor, she, <laughs> she absolutely so did it's, that. It's leading. It's leading question, though. I'll sustain mm -hmm. the objection as to leading. 
Objection, Your Honor, leading. Mrs. Dana leading. Objection, Your Honor. This is outside the scope of cross-examination. Prior consistent statements. I'm going to sustain the objection. It's observations for the 12-17, the same day. Sustain the objection. Objection, Your Honor. Leading. I think I can bring Calls for speculation. It's still leading. I'll sustain the objection. Okay. Do you recall? Watch this. I'm trying. I'm trying. Objection, Your Honor. Hearsay. Sustain. Objection, Your Honor. Speculation. All right, I'll sustain his speculation. Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. Your Honor said I could redirect after the cross-examination. Objection, Your Honor, hearsay. I'll sustain the objection. Next question. These are all individual. Here we go. Next question. Yeah, okay. I don't have any more questions, Your Honor. All right, thank you. Oh, you got you gotta love it. Um, uh, I I I found that hilarious, and that was all in in questioning one witness. All those objections got her stammering, got her trying to figure out what the heck she's gonna ask, and then she just gives up. I have no questions, so uh, I'm gonna keep watching the trial because it's one of my guilty pleasures. And uh, when there are funny moments like that, I will definitely bring them onto the show. Well, that's gonna be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Before I I go. A couple things I need to mention. I didn't mention this when I when I really wish I would remember to. In New York City, this is a PolitiFact article actually confirming it. In New York City, there are now more African American babies being aborted than are being born. That is true. PolitiFact tried to fact check it, tried to deem it false, but they confirmed that no, those numbers are actually true, as well as for um for other major blue cities as well, not in red states like Texas. So that's really shameful. Other thing I got to remind everyone, my book is available for sale on Amazon, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. The next book in the series will be The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Abortion Argument. I'm already writing that. Um, it's a little bit slower, but I'm writing it. Hopefully it won't take four years on this one. Uh, but if you want to pick up this book, support the channel. Lots of people asking how they support the channel. Pick up the book. Um, it will teach you everything you need to know. Um, someone just wrote a review saying they can't wait for for the holidays when they can debate their family members. This is precisely the book to set you up for that. So check that out at Amazon. Link in the description. Also at Barnes and Noble. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of Max Squire Show. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe to the audio editions available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, all the all great places, all links in the description. If you have an iPhone, an iPad, MacBook, please do consider leaving a five-star review. Um, if you like the show, please leave a five-star review. There are still trolls coming over from my old show trying to uh, bury the show. So if you like the show, please do leave a five-star review and help us out. Help us climb up in those rankings. We go live 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. So tune in for that on Rumble. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe and please do hit the Rumble button so more people can find this video. That's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is we all step and fight together. See you tomorrow.